0: Hey, this is Samantha Alvarez. I'm a sales and relationship coach, and today we are going to talk about the art of persuasion, how to ask yourself the question, why are you where you are right now every day? And the third question is how you are hurting yourself in your sales. Let's go.
1: This is the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. Today, we have Samantha Alvarez. She is a sales coach, serial entrepreneur, digital nomad, sales system strategist, nurse practitioner, university faculty, polyglot, which we're going to find out what that means shortly, and mindful human being who wants to help people achieve stable income and become their best ever selves. Samantha, how's your day going?
0: It's going fantastic. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Anytime. Absolutely. So to those who don't really know, because we had a conversation that nobody else heard but ourselves, uh, you are currently in Thailand, right? And, uh, so talk to us a little bit about your digital nomad lifestyle before we get into the heavy hitting questions. Just give us a brief, brief, uh, scenario of where you are, why you're there, et cetera.
0: Sure. Okay. So I, as you heard from my intro, i I jump around a lot. I've had 63 jobs in my life. I speak eight languages. I, I just love to, I love change. Actually, I love learning things and I love change and I love serving people. So those are the three things that kind of drive my life. I worked for five years as a family nurse practitioner in Tucson and ended up burning out really spectacularly. And so I ran away to Japan to go be a student and learn Japanese for six months. And when I was there, I realized I didn't want to come back. Like I wanted to continue traveling and working and living, and so I decided to figure out a way how to do that. Um, instead, I ran out of money and came back to the States. Wow. Started working again, and when I came back, I was looking for um, online job opportunities. So I never did any sales whatsoever, but a sales position came up, and I was like, but it was medical, it was about research and it was about medical and I'm like, I'm a university person, I'm a medical person, I can do that. So I went for it and beat out 150 people, 130 people to get sales online from an Australian company. I did sales for about two years and then uh, really enjoyed it but I started enjoying more the idea of helping other people learn sales than doing it myself. So that's when I started doing sales consulting and sales coaching, where I started working with other people. Um, I have, in the past four years, I've been full-time digital nomad. I don't have a base. I don't have a place where I live. Um, I have lived in 12 or so countries. I have visited 30 or so countries in the past four years. And um, the only languages I spoke before I started nomading were English, Spanish, and Portuguese. I learned Spanish in school. And Portuguese, I learned it because I went to Portugal and couldn't speak Portuguese, and I was mad, so I came back and learned it
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: afterwards. And everything else is I've, I've either gone to that place or have been planning to go to that place and studied for a couple of months. And... Yeah, I, at this point, I have a pretty good system for language learning.
1: Very cool. And uh, so before we get into the heavy hitting questions about business and life and all the other fun stuff, uh, we do have to start the podcast off the same way we do every single time. Um, I, you you gave us some context as to who you are, um, but... And I'm very curious to hear about this, uh, your answer to this question. Uh, So imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. Where are you going to eat and what are you going to order in order to make your day complete?
0: Where am I going to go and where am I going? Say it again, please. Where am I going to go and what am I going to eat?
1: Yeah, where are you going? What country are you going to be? If you had the absolute best day of your life. What country uh-huh. are you in? Where are you going to eat? What are you going to order?
0: You know, what's ironic is I'm having tr- – the reason I'm having trouble answering the question is because it's not what's, what's important to me. Um, I would – it's more important to me who's there than what I'm eating um, because I'm debating between – I mean, like, right now I'm living in Chiang Mai, right, and I, and I love going to the mall next door to go and eat in their little food court at the bottom. And every day I get this, like, vegetarian – A vegan dish that's brown rice with like three different things on it and a coconut to drink the coconut and actually what came to me was to sit in the bottom of the food court with I don't know three or four of my closest friends and just sit there and chat over some some vegan rice vegan food on top of rice and a coconut and just hang out
1: That's awesome. That is a really, uh, really. That's really cool. And and so this digital nomad lifestyle uh, is something relatively new. Uh, Can you speak to that a little bit? Um, You know, what what was that point in your life where you're just like, you know what, like I could do this, and I want to do this, and I want to make a lifestyle and a choice to do this for the rest of my life.
0: So it really happened when I went to Japan, like I had been living, you know, I'd been working my job, I was doing really well, you know, I made a lot of money, but I was super burnt out. And I went to Japan to just kind of relax, but as soon as, okay, so there was two, three months where I was just like, (sighs) Um, but then after those two or three months, I was like, okay, I really like this traveling thing, and I'd like to work while I travel, because I found out some other people were doing it, and I was like, this is a thing? You can do this? And so I did, I probably spent two months just straight up research, 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 like how does this work? How do people support themselves? What do they do? And I found probably 10 or 15 different ways that people make money while they're traveling. And I'm like, oh, well, I can do some of those. And so I started looking into it really seriously for myself. And um, I actually ended up landing two online jobs on the same day as a university professor and as a salesperson. And that's what launched my digital nomad lifestyle was that when I got the two jobs that I could support myself with.
1: That's awesome. Really cool. So um, let's talk about sales because sales is easily the most important thing that anyone can ever do for their business. Um, but let's be honest, it's the thing that they probably spend the least amount of time on. So um, you know, what are this is a very broad, basic question, but what are we doing wrong in our sales today that we should be doing tomorrow?
0: Acting like a salesperson. Do a lot you, of people... Lot yeah, of
1: people, I was going to say expand on that, please.
0: Yeah, I, a lot of entrepreneurs think that to do sales is a specific thing. They have to do certain tactics. They have to do go for the clothes. They have to do certain things. And most entrepreneurs are fairly good at describing their business, their service, their what they do. Um, but the moment you have to transition from talking about what you do into um, or understanding their needs, depending on how high of a ticket item you're selling... And, or what you do to transition into actually asking for money, most people get really weird and start saying weird things and doing weird things and not really acting normal. And the moment you stop acting normal and start acting like a salesperson, like people sense that and it feels yucky to them. Um, the number one thing that entrepreneurs can do in a sales process is be human.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So what are some ways that uh, we can be more human?
0: So there's a lot of ways that you can do it. The The biggest one that I find for most for most entrepreneurs is to find out where the transitions are. When do you get weird? Because most of us feel comfortable up until a certain point, and there's a very definable, like, oops, now I feel uncomfortable. And the moment you feel uncomfortable, you start acting weird. So getting, figuring out where those moments are and shining a light on them is really key. And, and the two biggest ones are, number one, When you change from uh, when you are talking to somebody and going to ask them to work with you, ask them to give you money. And then the second transition that really uh, is difficult for a lot of entrepreneurs in those conversations is when they say, yep, I want to do the thing to actually have them pay you to like, you know, how do I physically take your money? That's usually the second transition. So to pay attention to those two things and lean into your own awkwardness.
1: So do you feel as if that, um, when you talk about sales, is it more so with like high ticket items, like say a website or say, um, you know, commercial real estate, for example. I'm just going to say like some high-ticket item things. Um, are you saying that? But what what are your thoughts on the SaaS community, the the, the types of people that may not have these big ticket, large ticket items, and mm-hmm. they're more so micro transactions of, you know, dollar or free trial or um, you know, whatever it may be.
0: Yeah, this you're absolutely right. That so I'm a sales coach, right? So I talk to people who are doing high ticket items. Um, So I'm usually talking to people about conversations that they're having. Um, The same thing holds true in uh, a micro ticket or a small ticket item as well because a lot of entrepreneurs will feel nervous about selling their own stuff or their own self, and that comes through in your copy. So you can do the same kinds of awkwardness in your copy as you can in your conversations. Mm. And the key is to recognize where you feel uncomfortable and to be solid with your own offering and who you are and what it is that you're offering, who you are, there's a lot of money mindset stuff that comes up for entrepreneurs all the time that shows up in our conversations and our copy where we're like, oh, I don't really know if I deserve. I don't know if this is really worth $47 to ask for this, so I'm gonna like, unconsciously write crappy copy for it and not pay for the copywriter that I normally would have. And uh, there's a lot of ways that it shows up where if you don't believe in yourself, your product, or your vision, that um, people can sense that from very far away and they're not going to buy your stuff.
1: Yeah, that's so very true. So um, you you are a sales strategist now, but I'm sure you weren't always this uh, keen on sales. So if you could talk to us about what that journey's been like for you, and um, what were some ways and techniques that you've used uh, to become a master at sales?
0: You know, I love that question, and you're absolutely right. I fell into sales completely accidentally. Hmm. You know, and I. I was a nurse practitioner, and then my next job was in sales. Like, there's, Mm -hmm. what? (laughs) Like, for medical research in Australia, like meds or something? (laughs) No, nothing. Um, Research trials, helping helping researchers get participants into their trials. Mm -hmm. Um, So no, it was it was a difficult journey for me because I thought of sales as inherently unethical. I thought Mm -hmm. it was bad. It's wrong. It's persuading people to do things that they don't want to do and that's what you're supposed to do in sales is what I thought. And once I got into it and I'm like, oh, if I have, I believe in myself, my product and my vision, like there's nothing unethical about this whatsoever. Like Mm. I'm doing a thing, I'm putting a thing out into the world. I think it's going to help people's lives so I can genuinely feel good about this. There was still a pretty big, um, I had a pretty big learning curve for I would say about the first 12 months Specifically about my own money mindset as well as sales mindset. Like, what is this? How does it work? How do I engage with people? Is it okay for people to give me, you know, seventy-five thousand dollars for a thing, you know? And the answer is yes. If you, you know, there are there are times in which the answer is no. Like, sales is a superpower. Persuasion is a superpower. And my definition, by the way, of a superpower is anything that can be used for evil is a superpower. It can't be used for evil. It's not a superpower. So sales and persuasion are absolutely superpowers, because you can use them for evil, um, because you can influence people. Mm-hmm. However, when you are solid about what you're doing, why, how you're doing it, and where you're going, what your vision is, then, yeah, you're just, you're helping people.
1: Yeah.
0: One of the one of the crucial keys for me that made this really possible from a mindset standpoint mm-hmm. was complete and utter transparency. Hmm. Like I literally tell people like, hey, I'm gonna try and talk you into this right now for three minutes. I'll literally tell people that. Hmm. If I think they're, they're trying to decide between two options, and this is of course, we're back in a conversation now, but if they're trying to decide between two options, I'll literally say like, all right, I'm gonna try and talk you into this, hmm. knowing that it's probably not gonna work. And I'll use all of my persuasion tactics. And then after the three minutes, they'll be like, yeah, that doesn't work. Hmm. And I'll say, okay, yeah, you're right. So, we can now put that off the table and just talk about this thing over here.
1: Yeah. So... And that's the... You can... Go ahead. Well, no, no, no Go ahead. Now expand.
0: I was going to say, you can do the same thing with copy, right? Like, mm. when you... Um, I'm, I'm at the point in my career where I actually use persuasion for play. Like, I will just, like, talk to my friends and be like, all right, Watch me do this. And I tell them, this is crucial. I tell them what I'm about to do. Like, hey, I'm going to try and talk you into this thing. Let's see what happens. da 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 And just to see how it goes. And usually I'm like overdoing it on purpose to be silly. Um, because it's just like me playing, really. Like, all right, let's, yeah. let's try and get you to do it. I did a personal development thing, uh, weekend training this past weekend, uh, two weekends ago. And several of my friends were debating whether to do it or not. And I felt kind of conflicted. I felt both ways. Like um there's a lot of good to it but there was also a lot of you know stuff to it. And there's a lot of, I'm going to argue both sides. I'm going to argue you into doing it for 5 minutes and I'm going to argue argue you out of doing it for 5 minutes.
1: So was there a book or was there like an ex- a time where you learned these persuasion techniques? Like I know you said it took you about a year in order to truly understand sales but I, I want to know about like, some persuasion techniques that we could take with us today because um, it's always good to learn from books, but it's also always good to learn from other people. You know, what are some tactics that you've used, or if you can speak to them, um, that maybe we could use in our day-to-day lives and even sales?
0: Absolutely. So I, where I learned, what I learned is I got a coach. Mm. I've had a sales coach for the past four years. There has never been a moment in which I didn't have a coach. Um, when I was hired at my first sales job, I didn't have a clue. And the guy knew it. he was He was a, a nomad entrepreneur as well, and he knew I didn't have a clue, but he's like, "You've got the right attitude. like mm-hmm. you're you're exactly the person I want. All you lack is skills. and I'm like, oh, I can learn stuff. Like you watch me learn stuff. Like mm-hmm. look at my resume. It's ridiculous, you know, like um, I'll, I'll learn stuff. So he said, all right, I'm gonna get you a coach. So he got me a coach. And for the first two years, I had a weekly meeting with a coach every single week about all the calls that I was making, all the things that I was doing, all the decisions I was making to run by somebody who's actually helping me be the best me. Um, I will say that the best book that I've read recently is Insight Selling. Mm. I forget the name of the author, but it's absolutely, I really love it. Hmm. And the premise of it is... Okay, so if you're having conversation with somebody, and this goes for copy on smaller ticket items just as well as it does in a conversation, you need to provide insight into their own life or their own business within the first three to five minutes of a conversation, and I would say within the first three to five lines of your copy. Hmm. Um, and by insight, I mean you're telling them something about their business that they didn't know because you do this for a living, right? Like you talk to people about their business for a living. So if you 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 know, if you are a SAS that helps, I don't know, um, do, does something for WordPress, like people, people who do WordPress for a living, use your SaaS to do something. Hmm. And, you know, if you can provide in your copy an insight into their business in the first three to five lines, where they're like, "Huh, wow, she really gets me and hmm. my business," they are way more likely to end up giving you money than if you're just like, "Yeah, it's really great. Here's the things we've got great quality, we've got the lowest price." Like that's not what makes people buy stuff. We buy stuff emotionally, and then we uh, rationalize it intellectually.
1: Interesting, that's a a very interesting point, something that like, uh, I I guess you're right, there's a lot of, uh, I was just thinking to my head, something that we personally use, and um, some taglines that we use, and it's more so features and benefits versus emotion, Um, or uh, or what you said was uh, lacking. So uh, I'm gonna. uh, I think that was a great foundation and and a great insight on on sales. But I want to learn more about some of the ways that you advertise and you're able to get uh, your own personal customers. So uh, the question is, what is um, what was. What is the path that you cho- that you're choosing now in order to obtain your first one hundred customers? Um, and if you're not at one hundred customers, that's totally fine. Um, but what? Are, how are you getting your your? Uh, how are you getting your first one hundred customers? Or how have you obtained your first one hundred customers?
0: So I love that question and I hate it at the same time because as a digital nomad, mm-hmm. I've had probably fifteen different gigs. I was a bookkeeper. I did a, a week long VIP coaching session for a small business owner, I've done copywriting, I've done, um, yeah, I've tried, I've done sales in a number of different areas, like I've tried a whole bunch of stuff while I was trying to get the digital nomad thing to kick because I was like, you know, trying to survive on like 500 or 1000 bucks a month and was like, I don't know what to do, so just like go go out and find 1000 bucks, Yeah. you know, somehow. So I've gotten clients through practically everything Um, you know just sheer bloody mindedness like just go out and try everything the way I get clients now that you know I'm a successful entrepreneur now like I have a six-figure business so I now as a coach I run my marketing through referral and invitation only I don't have any um, I don't have any paid advertising I don't have any advertising at all as a matter of fact if you know I um, don't have a series I don't have a value ladder I don't have like a series of products where you can engage with me deeper and deeper like the way that you're supposed to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because that's, that's not what I do. Um, I'm actually doing it from the top-down approach where I, I have filled my one-on-one coaching practice and now I'm moving down from there. Yeah. Like, all right, so now who can I serve from there? Um, so in my coaching practice, it has been absolutely going out and talking to people, meeting people, putting myself out there and honing my own message. So, for example, I came to Thailand uh six, eight weeks ago to come to this conference in Bangkok with this group called the Dynamite Circle that I'm part of. It's for successful entrepreneurs who've been doing this for a couple of years and, and have an established business that's doing well. And one of the ways that I get clients is I go to these conferences, like here's where the people are hanging out where they might need sales coaching. And so I paid a couple thousand dollars to go to this conference and then ended up, you know, getting a couple, I don't know, $15,000 worth of, of client work off of, this, off of this conference just by showing up. And being at the table with the right people in the right place at the right time. And that has been the majority of my actual, my marketing, so to speak, is just going out and being in the right place with the right people.
1: Mm, That is cool. Um, So I have one final business-esque question, and we'll move on to a little bit more personal stuff. Um, But if there's one person that you would like to meet to further help your business along, who would you like to meet and why would you like to meet them?
0: You know, it's funny. I always, when I get this question, I always think of like big name, like super, whatever. But I actually have had a really hard time finding really solid um, uh, role models in sales coaching for women. Hmm. Like, I don't really even know who I would want to meet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have I have a number of people in mind that I'd like to like put all six of them together and and put them in one place mm-hmm. and say like I wanna I wanna be like them. Um, the person I've been thinking about most recently that I'd really like to meet is Marie Forleo. Mm-hmm. So she does uh, she does an online business school for online entrepreneurs and she's she is quite, she's badass in her TV and what I really like about her is her copy is just some of the most on point copy I have ever read in my life where she's like, hey fantastic, da 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 da, like I read her emails and I'm like, oh my god, You're awesome. I'm awesome. (laughs) Um, And I love that she has that level of connection with people, even in writing. And yeah, I would really, I, I would really like to meet Marie Forleo. Very cool.
1: So the next question about personal habits. So uh, habits is very important for any successful entrepreneur. Um, so what are some habits that have helped you become more efficient throughout your day? And if you could speak to some of the habits um, that, you, that you have throughout your digital nomad lifestyle, constantly just moving from one place to the next, um, would love to hear your insights on this.
0: So four words, Hal Elrod, Miracle Morning. So that book changed my life. Mm. Uh, with respect to habits. So my morning routine is that I wake up, I meditate for 10 minutes with an app called Headspace, which I absolutely love. I have a 619-day streak right now. I, I'm that dedicated. It. I absolutely love it.
1: My highest is um, like 20-something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a part of my routine, and it doesn't matter what time zone I'm in. Oh, my God. Because you have to. You absolutely have to have routines as a digital nomad, or you don't get anything done mm-hmm. ever. And you certainly don't grow your business. I um, so I wake up, I immediately turn my phone off of airplane mode, I turn on Headspace, I do a 10 or 15 minute meditation, then I will do 10 minutes of language learning, so right now I'm learning French, so I'm all excited. I've, I've learned French, like I speak French like at a social fluency level, but like, I'm not to a point where I'm really quite comfortable with it yet, mm-hmm. so I'm leveling up my French right now for fun. Um, so I'll start working on French for a while, either I'll watch a video and, in French or I'll do an app or something. Um, And then I will do some kind of physical movement, usually again just like five or 10 minutes where I'm moving around or I'm just like walking around my apartment or doing something where I'm like up and around. Um, I'm also a fan of, um, I have the same thing for breakfast every morning and the same thing for lunch every day. Um, Dinner I'll usually have out with friends and we'll go to different restaurants and such, but my breakfast is always a green smoothie. So I have everywhere I go, um, one of the first things I do is I find a place where I can buy a blender, uh, because I'm vegan and uh, about 50% raw with my diet because that makes me feel good. That's part of my what keeps me energized, and to do that, I have to have a blender. Hmm. So I find a grocery store and a blender. So like before I got on this podcast, I was uh, I had a blender with a, a, sorry I had a smoothie with a bunch of fruits and vegetables in it, and then for lunch. Like here in Chiang Mai, I have a there's a, a big mall, a five minute walk from here that I'll go to, and they have a um, a vegan restaurant in their area. in the bottom of the in the bottom of the mall, they have a food court area. And so I go and get the same thing for lunch every day. And then at dinner, I, it's a social time and I hang out with people. but to have my breakfast and lunch already taken care of is a huge way off of a mental decision. I, I'm very prone to decision fatigue as an as a nomad because I, if you could, okay, here's, here's a question. If you could be anywhere in the world right now, why are you where you are right now? Hmm. Most people are like, well, because I live here. All my stuff's here. There is no answer for that for me. I have to answer that question every day. Hmm. Why am I here right now? Because I could get up and leave tomorrow mm-hmm. and go wherever I want. Like, hmm. Why am I here? And I have a good reason. I've been here for six weeks. And I intend to stay here for another six weeks. Like I'm here for a lot of good reasons that I have to articulate to myself every day. And so having habits and having routines in place that I can really rely on. Um, because that morning routine that I mentioned, I do that. I've done that on five continents. Like I do that everywhere in the world. No matter no matter where I am or what time zone I am or, or what time my calls are at
1: or when I need to work. Yeah, good for you. That's awesome. You're living your dream. So kudos, kudos you. to you for that. I have one final question, and, and in my opinion, it's the most important. Um, the Blind Entrepreneur podcast was created for individuals who may be blind in business, and they cannot see the obvious. They're stuck in a particular headspace like we all were at one point in time. So uh, to the individuals that are blind currently in their business, what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur?
0: Number one is to be transparent, 100% transparent, and I mean that with yourself and with other people. It's really easy to lie to yourself, to make stuff up, to make excuses like, "Oh, I'll start that later," or I, "I'm, you know, maybe I'll do it this way." Like, be honest, be transparent with yourself at every level and with everybody else. Um, that's that's the number one thing that I recommend. Number two is recognize where you're uncomfortable and where you're awkward, and decide what to do about that. In my case, I find the awkwardness and I lean in because once I lean in to the awkwardness, and that's my second piece of advice, is to lean into awkwardness. Number one is be transparent. Number two is lean into awkwardness. If you're awkward because you don't like something and it's it's not your area of expertise, well, don't do it. That's cool. But if you lean into something and recognize like, oh, I'm avoiding doing this, even though it's the number one money-generating thing in my business, lean into it and, and figure out what that is and start doing it. Okay. So number one is transparency. Number two is lean into awkwardness. And number three is get started. You know, we, so often we, because of, we're not being honest with ourselves or other people, or because we feel uncomfortable with something, we put it off, put it off, put it off, you know, whatever it looks like to you to make it happen, just get started today on something.
1: Very good. Well, awesome. Well, congratulations to you. You've successfully completed the podcast. Uh, so the next 30 seconds is all yours go right ahead and tell everybody about what you have going on how they can learn more about you about you about your journey uh, and then potentially even become a customer of yours
0: awesome so my website is samalvarez.com that's the best way to get in touch with me i'm also active on both facebook and youtube you are yeah i'd love to talk to you
1: very cool well good stuff uh, well, to those of you who are still watching and listening thank you guys for always liking commenting and subscribing don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on youtube hit the subscribe button on either side i forget which one side it is but subscribe uh, but anyways uh, head over to theblindentrepreneur.com for more interviews and check out more awesome video uh, videos and interviews just like this one over on the website being blind in in business is temporary and i hope after listening to the wisdom of samantha today uh, you you are now able to see more clearly. Go out there and execute your vision. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for watching this video. Don't forget to follow me on any and all social media platforms using the long last name above, followed by the letter J. If you want to get lost into the dark abyss of YouTube, click either left or right for another video. And finally, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. No, seriously, don't forget.